Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Veritas, welcome back to our Equipping Podcast. This is the last installment of our series on being a Christian parent. And we have the meeting of the minds with us today. We got Mark Arendt and Jeff Dodge down from Iowa City. And Michael Rhodes is joining us uh, to talk about best practices when it comes to being a parent. And we've kind of wrapped this series up. Hopefully it's been helpful for you um, because being a parent is a high calling and we want to do it in a God-honoring way. So guys, as we jump into this conversation as pastors, what concerns do you have for parents today, specifically for today? All right. I, you pointed at me, so I think I'm talking. Yeah, so this is Mark, uh, one of the pastors down at Veritas, uh, Iowa City area. And so I was just thinking about the mom guilt mm. that young moms have to have to live with right now. Like there's so much information out there about how to do this the right way. You know, these uh, medicines that your kids should absolutely take or definitely not take, or (laughs) these organic foods, and if you do this, you're going to damage your child, or if you do this wrong, you're going to, you know, you're going to hurt your kids for the rest of their life and scar them, and it's all on you to do it the right way. And I just want to give parents a word of encouragement that 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 is not the spirit of Jesus mm. for you as a parent. Mm. God has given you everything you need to raise your child. There is no better person on earth to raise your child than you. Mm. Not all the commercials and marketing experts that know how to tap into guilt to make you buy their product or not buy all those other products, but um, just to encourage encourage parents that there's a lot of pressure on you, but that's not a pressure from the Lord. Yeah, that's good. There's definitely a lot of pressure. There's opinions on, on that. What other, it's a whole like mother fear industry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It would be curious to know the profitability of that industry right now. Like how, I mean, it is a marketable thing for sure. Cause to tap into a parent's desire to parent well, um, and to sell products through that. What other concerns do we see when for parents today? I think it's probably not a new concern by any means, but parents that are more obsessed with their kids than Jesus, mm-hmm. um, you're so obsessed mm-hmm. with yeah. like everything in your kid's world to make them successful or to make you feel better about yourself. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to have a successful child because it's going to prove my worth and my value. And they end up treasuring their children far beyond treasuring Jesus. Mm-hmm. And as a pastor, that's, that's super concerning when, I mean, you've, idolized your children, which is so easy to do. I mean, they're right there in front of you. God's entrusted them to your care. Um, they're practically you, perfect. They're angelic. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They're going to make it to the league. I mean, it's every, every single one. Okay, of so them. let me ask you this. So, so Jake, you played football, Division One football, and that was a big thing for you. Um, how did you navigate youth sports? Because youth activities... Uh, it could be dance, it could be sports, it could be whatever, gymnastics. It, it can take over a family. Mm. How have you navigated that? Your kids are, you know, some of them are kind of... Yeah, I think sports has 
um, is a wonderful tool to teach kids a lot of life lessons. Winning well, losing well, respecting authority, discipline, team, teammates that you learn. So sports was influential in just developing character. So I, I think sports has a good value uh, for kids. Like any uh, a good thing slips into an ultimate thing and now it's bad. So when sports is elevated to a higher level than what it should be, that plays tremendous disruption on a family. I can't make it to church because I have a different tournament every week. And it's like, well, now it seems like priorities are getting out of whack. And not just like in a legalistic way, like you can never go to a tournament, but what does that teach your kids about what's most important in life is, mm -hmm. is pretty dangerous. So how we handled it, maybe a, a podcast to talk about. It's a, it's an important topic that parents wrestle with for sure. But it, it's funny because that spills over when you were asking what concerns it, you know, we have. My concern actually is that our, our parents don't just play. They're not playful mm. enough with their kids. Mm. And what I'm saying is it, it, it spills over from that because if what we think is getting recreation and play is getting them in all the right clubs or in the right, right. Thing, then we're... I'm just saying, I feel like families need to just enjoy life together. Mm. They need to make up games. And some of that came because, you know, we raised our kids before there were iPads and iPhones and everything. You know what I mean? To, to distract them. So we were playing Rock Monster, you know, yeah. making up these games and, and tackle and hide and seek and all that. And I just feel like there's so much to be gained by being playful, That that idea that when we think of the Lord delighting mm -hmm. in us as his children, our children need to see that we delight in them, yeah. that we just have fun with them, that they see laughter and smiles. When they look at our eyes, the bright countenance of our eyes is full of love and favor. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that only comes through play, but not parents up in a bleachers <laughs> paying a bunch of money for some AAU coach to make them play. No, no, no. Yeah. This is like being playful a concern for kids it's not just parents playing with their kids but kids playing with other kids in a non-organized way yeah they I read an article about if you jump in and all your sports activities are like you have to have a jersey and it's mm. there's adults to officiate kids don't learn how to solve problems they don't working it out on the playground everything is structured that well, that, that famous article in the atlantic that became a book the coddling of the american mind yeah they talk about the um yeah, just the idea of the fragility of children, you know, that parents think their kids are fragile and that that's the thing they say. No, kids are anti-fragile. They, they need unsupervised playtime. They need risk in their life, adversity. So they have to make, they need little moral dilemmas, you know, and have to work those things out in, in those situations. So, oh, for yeah, sure. there's, there's actual like research uh, from by sociologists on how that negatively affects. Yeah. Kids. And there's just like personal experiential evidence, like in my own boys, like when I come home from work and I immediately go to the basement and we're like wrestling on the floor, it changes the way the rest of the night goes. Mm. Like I'm wow. not, it doesn't seem like I'm a ball of stress at the time, but if I'm, we're just going crazy and we're sweating by the end of it, they seem to be more respectful at the end of it because they're like, Dad loves me. Dad mm. cares about me, and he cared mm. enough about me to, to play with me, like you were saying, Jeff. Yeah. Um, so I've just seen that in my own heart. No, that's not 100% across the board, but so much more than if I just come home like, oh, no, I got to go do yard work or I got to do this, do that. 
I don't have time to play with you right now. Yeah. It's shown, uh, it's, it's been proven in our own home. But we can pack our schedule so full to the detriment of the family. But when it comes to sports, so I would say busyness would be a concern or, or a choice of time is a concern. When what, it comes what about- to sports, I, I would say um, parents, it doesn't matter how much you tell them that the local church and God is more important than fifth grade basketball. If your calendar says a different message, that's what's going to stick. Yeah. What do you think about, uh, you talked about busyness. What about distractedness? Uh, uh, I think about a, if, if I was the mom, uh, you know, <laughs> raising our kids. So, so the way we did it, I mean, Letha was able to, to be home with the kids. And I, she had the way harder job between the two of us. I mean, man, she, she is in the trenches. And I just imagine, though, if it was swapped roles, like I would be so tempted to be on my phone the whole time, and <laughs> I'm, I'm reading a really important article right now. Get away, you know. Uh, and, and so I just think I have seen that for moms and dads, the distracted, you know, uh, you're on ESPN.com or you're watching a video and you, your kids are talking or trying to get yeah. you to. The, the days of sitting down and reading a book, Yeah. you know, do people still do that? I didn't know this podcast was going to be this personally convicting this early, but <laughs> I hear you. So there's a lot of concerns we see. Being a parent is is tough. Uh, it's a high calling, but all the distractions and social pressure and technology and, and things that come along with it. So what role should a church play in raising kids? I think the biggest thing is to give the parents peers not so that your kids have a place <laughs> to find peers and, and friends, though that's a beautiful byproduct. Of it. It's, man, we need to know we're not in this alone. It's hard. I just need to know there's other parents in my same stage of life slugging it out, you know, trying to figure out how, how to be parents and stuff. And I, man, I think the church is, you know, you're, you're Christ-centered, and so you're typically going back to the same well of the grace and truth found in the mm-hmm. scriptures in, in Christ. And so just having peers, man, I, parents that somehow, and maybe even over these last couple of years because of COVID or whatever, have, have started to pull away from the gathered church. And so they find themselves more on an Island. I I think are really hamstrung when it comes to parenting, because you just need each other along the way to lick each other's wounds (laughs) kind of thing. Like, Oh man, have you done? Oh yeah, no, you're going to make it through whatever, you know, just to help each other through the church. Also, older people in the church who are maybe empty nesters mm. how can the church help parents younger people find someone older and it, ask them questions yeah and i think the struggle is parenting has become one of those things like i need to mind my business yeah when like um, no if you've raised kids and you're in a church that's a gift of being in a church that you can instruct People that are in the midst of it. I, well, wish, I think some I of wish us we old, weren't so private. Our, our older, the older people like me, <laughs> are reticent to just offer them because we don't think we did that great of a job. Uh. <laughs> it's not like we're wanting to sell books in a foyer, you know. But but I would say this: there are several parents, especially toward my wife, moms, that will call her, and it's pretty beautiful. Man, I'm actually, I need you. Can you help me figure this out? Mm. It's really beautiful when. We're being invited in, but may, maybe that's the encouragement to younger yeah. families out there. Ask, yes. because I I doubt if there's many of us out there that are just think we did such a great job that we're willing to tap you on the shoulder <laughs> and offer unsolicited advice. You know. So as a church, we used to do baby dedications, and we changed it to 
um, parent commissioning. Do you guys do baby day parent commissioning? What, yeah. What do you call yeah, we it? We do a class before that that okay. talks about, yeah, discipleship. Sure. What What is happening there? Why is that an important thing? Like, what's the church communicating? I think for uh, for us, it was, hey, we we believe that you are the primary disciple maker as your parent, as a parent of your child, and we want to come alongside you and support you in that. And we felt like if you're just saying, hey, we're dedicating our child and like, yeah, the church is going to raise our child, we, we think that's important. We wanted to kind of flip it for the parent to simply say like, oh, no, this is my job and I'm being commissioned, just like we would commission a missionary to go to another country. We're commissioning you to go into your own home, mm. to raise your child, to love Jesus. And yeah, so just mm. trying to be I very think, intentional about that. I think it's it's so, you think about Proverbs. If you took all the Proverbs on parenting and try to boil it down to what would Solomon's bottom line advice be when it comes to parenting? You're, you're going to have a hard time not boiling it down, down to discipline. Mm-hmm. Discipline. What's the root word of discipline? Disciple. Mm-hmm. God made parents mm-hmm. to make disciples, little apprentices of Jesus, learning followers, and that requires punishment. It requires instruction. Instruction. It requires boundaries. It requires telling them. No, you cannot do this. Like this being an authority, not just being... I mean, you, Jeff mm-hmm. taught on Hebrews 12 this past week. Uh, and, and you guys, I think, hit that uh, probably a couple weeks ago. Um, this idea that this is how God trains us, is He, he, he disciplines us mm-hmm. out of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know the, the old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. I think that... Is fitting for the, it takes a church to raise mm-hmm. a child. Like mm-hmm. you want, I want other Christian adults speaking into my kid's life that they're going to hear it different than hearing it from mom and dad. Marcy and I were talking a while back about um, we're, we have a senior that's now graduating, and you know, as a church, sometimes you do a service for graduating seniors or you recognize them. Um, but a picture of that would be if you had seniors stand on the stage and you said, okay. If you've held this child in the nursery, if you taught them in Sunday school class, if you were a wow. youth leader, like stand up, dude, and you that's just see, beautiful. like this is what it looks like for a church to raise a child. Like we've all been had an influential role in people's wow. lives. So, we um, get it, Jake. You gave a you. Do you remember we did this parenting conference? This is I don't know four or five years ago. Yeah, with Candeo. And your yeah. I still remember your talk on that. It was amazing. What did I say? (laughs) You should go back and find out. One of us remembers it. And then come back and share it with us on a part two of the parenting (laughs) podcast. Because, no, just that idea that it takes a church. I mean, just think about my situation. I have six kids, ages 20 down to nine. And when I think about my last few months, you know, spent a few days in the hospital with a kid who almost died, Mm -hmm. you know, um, mental health issues, uh, fights over can we use TikTok or phones or social media or uh, epilepsy or you know health like severe just just like things and to see and I look at, at you guys you know how you guys have been there for me with prayers or texts or the people of our church surrounding us our family our kids and and through this and I'm like I see how parents uh, 
they get divorced through loss mm. and hardship. When you, when you don't have that strength of the community of faith around you, cheering you on, bringing you meals, you know, Sunday night, someone showed up with a meal and just like, man, I heard it was a hard week. And that love that just gets poured out mm. into your life, encouragement, prayer, you know, that, that the, the older women in our mm. church that my wife, you know, has to pray with. And um, so, yeah, Jake, I, I just want to add the amen to that and say, you know, if you're listening and uh, yeah, your, your youth sports team is not going to be that kind of community you need mm. when that kind of stuff happens. For and sure. So. Okay, guys, best practices. Um, what advice, biblical guidance would we give uh, parents listening? Maybe it's just a really practical advice or a principle to apply. What comes to mind? Well, I, yeah, we, I did just get done studying through uh, Hebrews 12, and where, where he makes the analogy between our Heavenly Father and earthly fathers, you know, and he says... Uh, what son is there that a father doesn't discipline, you know? And we had human fathers discipline us. We respected them. And, you know, they, they did it for a short time based on what seemed good to them. But it was for our good long... So what I'm saying is, I, I was thinking about that. And I was like, yeah, I, I think there are so many things that we can do in such little ways. And, and I brought up a couple of them um, down at Veritas, Iowa City. Just things like returning a greeting to... Especially for adults, if an adult comes to one of my children when they were little, you know, and they they said hi, they couldn't bury their head in the back of my legs. They had to look them back in the eye and return the greeting and and just be cordial. Well, what that does is that sets in stage things like just respect, hmm. honor, the, those deeply held virtues that would come out from those little practices. You know, trying everything that's on your plate. You know, first time obedience. All these things that that. Um, they seem good from a human parenting, like that just makes the home go well. That mm. just makes, but they end up really being way more fruit because they become better, like uh, virtuous adults bearing the kind of fruit from the Holy Spirit that that we should be bearing. But it takes those little tiny things, calling our children to good practices, you know, that seem like might be petty or how's that, you know. Um, I, I just, for instance, I saw a mom watching her kids grab a bunch of the, the edging rocks and throw them out into the grass around Veritas, <laughs> sometimes piling them in the middle of the sidewalk and then just with her hands in her pocket, watching them do and then walk away. And I'm like, well, yeah, you are teaching your mm. children that their momentary play is more important than... The people that are going to have to walk around those or go pick those up or whatever. In other words, or you could say, oh, that'd be a great practice to say, oh, have fun, kids, but we're going to pick up after ourselves because others are more important than we are, yeah. and somebody's going to have to pick those up. The magic fairies don't come in the middle of the night <laughs> and undo this or whatever. So I'm just saying those little moments of, of practices, you know, um, bear fruit in deeply gospel-rooted ways, mm. um, but, but it takes sowing those seeds early on in just little tiny practices. Yeah. Just even in that passage, understand if you're not disciplining your kids, that's not godly. Right. Like, well, God demonstrates you, discipline of those in, he loves. In a, one of Ted Tripp's books, he talks about how submission, like one of the most important things a child can learn is obedience, submission to authority. And they learn that before age three. Mm -hmm. Like there's a window 
from zero to three. Yeah, all, all the parents of four-year-olds are like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the evidence is <laughs> glaring. <laughs> so you talked about best practice. If you're in that, you know, you, you uh, are in the, the little kid stage. I mean, I, I do think, how can you not talk about Proverbs 13, 24, you know, or verses like this? The one who will not use the rod hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. You know, that, that's obviously a, a uh, you know, this is kind of a hot topic in our culture um, about discipline. What does that look like? Um, I would say disciplines him diligently, carefully, you know, thoughtfully, not out of rage, anger. Certainly those things have no place in parenting, abuse, um, you know, hitting your kids uncontrolled in the moment. You know, I think that has no place in the Christian home. I think that a very careful, loving, corrective, I love you. I mean, I, you know, in that um, environment, it, it is, is important, the consistent discipline, the, you know, the consistency, first-time obedience. You know, the first time I say it, you must obey it. That was our line for our kids. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, we're not going to count to yeah. three. We're not going to, because, you know, if you're running toward the street, and you know, and I say stop, but you're used to me counting, that's not going to help. That's not going to end well for you. We want you to understand that we love you. And, and the Elizabeth Elliot, you know, the, the delayed obedience is disobedience, mm-hmm. right? The, you, you, you know, I said do this and, and you don't do it. Uh, that's just a, a form of disobedience. Um, and so I think that that, that is super important. Now, it's, it's beyond the scope of a podcast to talk about that, but I think find someone that you respect and someone that's probably older that grew up with Andy Griffith. You remember that episode where they, that kid's got woodshed. He didn't take you behind the woodshed. <laughs> yeah, the whole episode is basically about this kid needs a spanking. Uh, you know, the wisdom from the, the mm. olden days. I think we could use a little bit of that for sure. Hey, it's what we did. We, we, our oldest was, we, we knew nothing about parenting. I don't know how, I mean, Teresa's one of 13 and, you would have thought something, we would have picked something up along the way, but went into parenting pretty green and, and uh, without help. And when we saw how bad our kid was and looked over at some people whose kids were actually just a joy to be around and were happy and what, and we just finally humbled ourselves and said, can you please help us? Mm-hmm. And one of those things was discipline and it opened up a world to us that we had avoided, not thought about. We needed help. So just looking across at somebody that has great kids and saying, help me out. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate that it's seen as the opposite of love when the Bible talks about it's an expression of love. Spare the rod. You hate your children. Um, that's strong language to say discipline is an expression of love Mm -hmm. done the right way. When, when I think of best practices or principles too, uh, what comes to my mind, Psalm 127 just talks about uh, children being a heritage or a blessing from the Lord. You know, we have a f- six-week-old. Um, doesn't always feel like a blessing in the moment. <laughs> and right? two in the morning. Yeah, when she was up from f- 12 a.m. to 5 a.m. the other day. It doesn't feel like a blessing. Or when your kids are having struggles or hard times, that's just that's hard in the moment. Mm-hmm. But just holding on to like, man, God knew what he was doing when he entrusted that child to your care. Yeah, He was sovereign in that. He was good in that. He saw far beyond what you could see. He knew all the struggles, and he still said it was a blessing for you to be there 
or for them to be your child. Yeah. And so, man, I just want to encourage parents to hold on to that because that's it's hard in the moment. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. Even when they're not, you know, six weeks and old and waking up at two a.m., they may be. You know. 16, but acting like a six-week <laughs> Or it's just like, <laughs> I don't get to watch the show I want to watch because, and knowing like, this is a blessing, and soon they're going to be out of the house, and to really appreciate them as a gift. Um, one best practice I would communicate is, it's one thing to instruct your children in the ways of the Lord, it's another thing that they see you satisfied in Jesus. Mm. When kids are growing up and they're looking for, they're trying to answer the same questions everybody's trying to answer. Where am I going to find joy? Where am I going to find purpose and meaning? And if you just just tell them about it, but they don't see it in you, like I would say your kids need to see you express worship Jesus on a Sunday morning. They need to see you love the Word of God. That's going to have tremendous impact on that. Uh, I was just, yeah, in the SALT conference last weekend, get to hang out with good friend Paul and Jenny Sabino, and to see their kids, mm-hmm. you know, Josiah, Ellie, Claire, I mean, they are all, you know, just so involved in the church plant down there in Gainesville, and loving Jesus, just following their parents. Like, the word of encouragement that I would just say is, is yeah, like my parents, they didn't do everything right. I always knew when Dad listened to James Dobson focus on the family. <laughs> he was a salesman. He turned it on. You know, he'd come home and we'd be doing devotions. I'm like, dang, Dad's been listening to Dobson again, <laughs> feeling guilty about not, you know, doing family devotions. And we'd kind of roll our eyes and, you know, just this too shall pass. Yeah, this too shall pass. But the one thing that that my parents did was they modeled a real relationship mm. with Jesus. Mm. They did what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So parents are in the trenches right now. One word of encouragement you'd give them. I, I would just say, um, a guy told me early on, he said, he said, Mark, we, you know, as a, as a young dad, if, you're, if your kids are doing great, don't take too much credit. Mm. And if they're not, don't take too much blame. Mm. Pride and guilt are things that we just want to avoid when it comes to parenting is, man, we, we don't have it figured out. It's all grace. And so, you know, to, to free ourselves from, from pride on mm-hmm. the one hand or blame on the other mm-hmm. um, and just, just, uh, just love our kids where they're at and, and put them in God's hands. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'd say... Keep keep your eye on the long game. <laughs> you know, again, I'm I'm the old dude in the circle, but to now see, I mean, when we were in the trenches, it seemed like there was nothing but you know failures. <laughs> That's all I could see. You know, what what am I doing wrong? And uh, but man, we we sought the Lord. We we got some help, and and I feel like um, man, we were in there swinging. We we really tried to be the kind of parents that God would have us to be. Now, as our children are adults married, having their own kids and everything, to see their love for each other, to see our ongoing love, you know, together now. It's one of the greatest joys I have. In fact, this last weekend, our daughter went to see two of her older brothers, and and one of them called and said, man, it was so great having Audrey come out here. And we dropped everything to go. We hadn't even gotten to hold Levin, their, their newest one. Mm-hmm. And just that, you know, man, it can just seem like, that finish line's a long way off, and and there's a lot of just 
individual battles along the way, man, just every now and then, don't take yourself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Time's going to pass. And to, to see the fruit of all that work, all that labor coming coming through later on, man, it's it's a gift. And, and one that I probably didn't see in the moment often enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my word of encouragement would be something that Jeff hit on earlier. Like, you're not in this by yourself. And if you're part of a church family, like, let them parent with you. And, like, I mean, I've called, I mean, Jake's been at my house when it's been really hard, you know. I'm like, Jake, you got to get here. I need you now. And he dropped everything and showed up. He and Marcy showed up at the house. And so uh, to know that when you're in the trenches, when it gets really hard or when it gets really great, like have people to celebrate with, have, have people to bear the burden of parenting with, because it will feel like there are burdens. It is a blessing, but it's there are plenty of burdens and moments, and you don't have to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. And just don't try to be so prideful, like Mark said, that you like, oh, I can figure this out. I can do it on my own. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. You need help. And the church is a beautiful family to do that with you. Yeah, church, we're thankful for your efforts as raising, as Mark put it earlier, not just kids, disciples. And we as a church want to help you to do that. Hopefully these podcasts have been helpful for that. But more than just listening, we're a community. So reach out in your connection group or to some of our staff if you need help in this. We'd love to help you. Love you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.